What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome back. We've got another live stream for you today. Um, this one's kind of random. I Yesterday, I was kind of hanging out and thought to myself, when's the last time I did a live stream? And it's been a minute. So I thought it was time. I, I didn't want to get too rusty. So uh, here we are. Um, today, I've got a few things I want to talk about. I want to cover uh, the ultra marathon I ran last weekend. Maybe we can do some Q&A around that if anyone's interested. Um, and I also wanted to talk about all the new... GPS watches that we've seen coming out lately, there's a lot that's coming and I feel like there'll be more that's coming and maybe we can talk a little bit about that, maybe speculate as to what might be coming from other brands and uh, talk about where things are right now as we go into October, which is typically Techtober with all the holiday deals coming. Um, so yeah, there's I think there's a lot to talk about there. Um, before we dive into that, uh, I do want to make sure you guys chime off in the chat. Where are you coming from? Let me know where you're from and also follow up with any questions you might have for later on in this live stream when we get into the Q&A part of things. It can be questions about, um, you know, the ultra marathon, running in general, uh, GPS watches, shoes, anything really. I, I'm happy to talk about anything. I mean, it could even be completely non-sport related too, if you're, if you're interested in that. Uh, actually, I've been watching a lot of uh, Squid Games. Have you have you guys been watching that? Oh my goodness, that's a that's a heck of a thing. We'll talk about that more too. Uh, before we get too into the weeds, I do want to give you uh, the Patreon members of the group, uh, or the Patreon members in general, and the channel members, a quick shout out. If you are a Patreon member or a channel member, I really really appreciate your support. Um, for those of you who don't know, the Patreon group submits or contributes a couple of bucks each month to uh, keep the lights on in this place, keep me doing this thing that I'm doing here. Um, and it's hugely helpful. So thank you for the Patreon members and for the YouTube members. Much appreciated. Uh, another quick shout out, uh, the Chase to Summit trucker hats are still in stock. You can find them at the link in the description to the merch store, along with the, whoa, I already lost a camera. Nice. Let me turn, turn that back on. <laughs> along with the uh, Chase the Summit holographic uh, stickers that are still available for just a few bucks. These also help support the channel. Two more shout outs before we get into the chat. I see a bunch of people there. Um, two more shout outs. Oh yeah, what do I want to talk about? Oh yeah, the Discord server. Discord server. Uh, it's been growing. If you don't know what a Discord server is, it's basically a real-time chat room that just keeps going and going and never ends. And we've got an awesome group of people over there that are like self-moderating and like contributing and there's pictures and talking about stories and GPS and there's a lot going on over there. Check out the Discord server, totally free. Um, and it's pretty awesome. It's a great community vibe over, over there. Um, what else was there? Discord server, I think that might be it. Oh. Yeah, the Strava group. <laughs> we got so many things here. Uh, the Strava group was formed through the Discord server. One of the members actually took it upon himself to make the group. Uh, he made sure it was cool with me, and of course it was. So uh, thanks, ZJ, from, for setting that up. He set up a Strava group. Um, that is also linked in the notes at the Discord server. So wrap your head around all the crap I just said right there and uh, let that soak in for a minute. Is it there? Okay. All right, now that we've done all the uh, plugging and talking about uh, Patreon and Discord and merch, let's see who we've got in the chat. Holy moly, we got a whole bunch of people here. Uh, we've got Meet uh, Shah. Hey, thanks for joining. Cadenzo, thanks for joining. Hi from Chicago. Hey, Fernando. 
We've got uh, Scott. I'm at work. Why are you doing this in the middle of the day? I will need to catch up on the recording. Yeah, totally sorry about that. Uh, and I'll, I'll. So the the long story is, I am actually on paternity leave right now because we had a new baby who's only a couple of weeks old. So um, in order for me to actually be able to live stream, my kids have to be in school. And uh, my wife has to be in a uh, comfortable position where the baby's like chill and, you know, everything's good. So as it lined up, one o'clock <laughs> worked for me. And I apologize. I know a lot of people are in work right now, but I was hoping it was Friday. Maybe a, maybe you ditched out early. Maybe you have a long lunch break on a Friday. Who knows? Uh, so I tried to align it around lunchtime, at least in the East Coast. I know that changes depending on where you are. But yeah, apologies for that. Um, the replay will be available later on. Drop your question if you've got anything here now and I'll, I'll get to it. Um, we've got Mad Happy right now. Hey man, just found your channel. Where in the East Coast are you from? I am in Massachusetts, um, a little bit north of Boston. Uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Awesome. Hey from Vermont. Hey, cool. I'm not too far from there. Uh, watching from Sweden. Awesome. We got Ryan Clayton, <laughs> Midwest represent over in Indiana. Greeting from Lodz, Poland, Europe. Good vibes. Awesome. Thanks for joining. Kedenzo, yes. Uh, hi from, oh, let me try to say this. I'm just, I'm, I'm bad with, with names of countries. And uh, Mar, Mari, Mauritius, did I, did I nail it? I'll take it. <laughs> uh, GL from North Central Massachusetts. Good evening from the UK. We got Seth, uh, New England Trails. Yo, 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 from Rhode Island. And uh, Mad Happy Mad right now says, congrats on the baby. It was good to see your video on the last run you tried going through with everything. Yeah, so that's kind of the first thing I'll talk about uh, today. Um, last Saturday, I don't know if you if you caught up on my channel, if you even watch it, maybe you're new to the channel, go check out that video, at maybe after this live stream so you're not cut short on this. Uh, basically, I ran a 100-mile ultramarathon uh, it didn't go quite as planned, and I ended up dropping at mile 44. Uh, still recovering now, although I'm feeling pretty good. I actually ran yesterday. I kind of just felt decent enough to get out the door. I did a couple of miles, but my calves, man, I did some damage. Um, in that video, I talk about some cramping I was going through later on in the race, and I just like, it feels like knife stab wound, wounds in my, my upper uh, uh, calves near my knees. Um, it's like right where the tendon is that connects to the, to the bone. Um, I've been doing some foam rolling and stretching and massage gun, just trying to break it up a little bit and, you know, hydrating like crazy and stuff, but it's just going to be some time before I'm, I'm full out, you know, out there again, running, uh, for now I'm still, you know, I'm still doing like GPS testing stuff at a limited capacity because of, uh, how beat up I am right now, but I'm feeling pretty good now. It's been like what, uh, six, seven days since the race. And yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm capable of jogging. Um, I'm definitely not in like perfect condition yet, <laughs> but, uh, it is what it is. Um, you know, I, I kind of knew going into that race that things weren't perfect for me. Obviously we had a, a 12 or 13 day, day old baby at home. Sleep hasn't been great. My diet honestly has not been great. We spent like a week in the hospital where I was eating hospital food all day and, you know, um, not sleeping great at night, being on a couch in the hospital and stuff. I can make all the excuses in the world, to be honest with you. Um, but the truth, truth is I wasn't as trained as I should have been. 
Um, and, you know, I made some poor mistakes during the race that ultimately led to the DNF. And the weird thing is I'm not that, like, broken up about it. I'm not that upset about it because um, I kind of knew going into it that it was kind of a gamble. But, you know, it would have been cool to finish. Uh, of course, everyone would have liked to see that. But that's not the way it goes. Plus, a failure video is always more entertaining than a success video, right? <laughs> um, Kedinzo, how's it going with the new baby? Are you getting any sleep? Uh, that's funny you mentioned that. I was actually looking at some of my my watches I've been testing. I've got the Coros Vertex 2 here and the crazy um, with the crazy carabiner thing. And I've been looking at how all these watches, I've got the Polar Grid X Pro here, um, and how they track sleep and what my sleep has looked like lately because I feel like I'm putting the sleep tracking aspect of these watches through like a stress test with having a baby in the house and how they pick up interruptions and being awake. And um, yeah, it's been really interesting to, to watch. Uh, I will say the Polar has been doing pretty good with the sleep tracking, but this isn't the question you asked. Um, with the new baby, we're doing good. I mean, as good as you can be with a baby in the house. Um, we've got three other kids, so it's not our first rodeo, but it's been a while since we've done like the, the new newborn phase and, um, you know, the bottle feeding and, and uh, all the stuff that comes with it, you know, changing diapers. I, my, my youngest, other than the baby, is three now and he's basically out of diapers. So going back into that, that mindset of having to carry that stuff with you wherever you go, it's an adjustment. But like I said, we've got, it's not our first rodeo. We've done it before. Um, and she's great. Uh, she's, she's healthy and, and well, and mom's doing great as well. So thanks for asking. Chris King, hello from Winnipeg, Canada. Hello, Chris. Thanks for joining. Amir Castilla. Hi, greetings from Belize. Uh, waiting for your take on future tech and possible release of the most, most importantly, your experience with your race. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've kind of covered what's going on, what, what happened with the race. Um, watch the video for more detail. If you've got like a specific question about maybe gear I carried or footwear I had at the race or um, even like a pacing strategy, I'd be happy to talk about that as well and kind of get into the weeds more. Um, in terms of like future tech, I think everybody, judging by the comments I'm seeing on the YouTube channel, everyone's waiting to see what Garmin does next. It, it, me as well. You know, I don't know anything you don't know at this point. Um, and I'm excited to see what they do next because as we move into mid-October, uh, November, you know, this time of year is when everything comes to the table. We've got the new Apple Watch coming. We've got Polar and Coros uh, launching new devices. Um, you know, everyone's, we got Apple putting out their new MacBooks in a couple of days at their launch event. So um, there's a lot going on and it would be cool to see Garmin jump in with something new as well because uh if we look at kind of the flagship stuff i've got a couple over here like the garmin phoenix 6 right here um you know this watch is actually what we're over two years now two and a half years old and for tech in 2021 two and a half years old is is an old device even though it's a great watch still like there's nothing wrong with it and there's if you have one you shouldn't be jonesing for an upgrade but the fact remains, two and a half years old, if you if you look at that in terms of like phones, that would be like an iPhone, what, 10 <laughs> or something like that. And that would feel quite dated at this point. No offense if you have an iPhone 10, but I'm just saying tech moves fast. Um, I'm wondering if there's something going on with like their chip shortages or supply chain that might be playing a role in, in the delays that we're seeing. Or, you know, it might be a strategic thing on their part where they're, 
waiting for the, the time to like strike, if you will. Who knows? Um, I certainly don't know, uh, but I am excited to see what comes next. Uh, would love to hear your experience, lessons learned from your ultra endurance training and having kids. Uh, yeah, I guess I could share a few thoughts on that. In terms of like having a family and training for an ultra, I think there's a few things I focus on. Uh, first off, comparison is the thief of joy. <laughs> That's actually a vlog coming up that I have. Uh, if you're like me, I've got I've got four kids now, and I've got friends with no kids, and they are out there. Every day, weekdays, weeknights, through the night, camping, you know, hiking, on mountaintops, just their Instagram feed uh, gives me that fear of missing out. And um, it's easy to, to get sucked into this like negative thought of like, why can't I be like that? Why can't I do this? And then you end up forming some resentment and like there's hostility in the house because you feel like you're being held back. And um, that's a selfish thing to feel. Uh, and you know, I'm, I'm certainly guilty of this too. And it's something I work on all the time. Um, you, you need to basically, if you have a family in my experience, I need to realize what I'm capable of doing while managing all the other responsibilities I have at home. And if that means a two mile run instead of a 10 mile run, because something else is going on, I have to accept that's what's happening today and move on with my life and hopefully get a long run in later on in the week. Right. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the main takeaway for me is like, take what you can get. Um, not, not every day is going to be the most epic event of your life, but you can definitely train for a hundred miler. Heck you could train for a 200, 240 miler, like the Bigfoot or whatever. Uh, while being a parent, I promise you it's possible. And despite what you read, uh, in forums and on Facebook groups and stuff, you don't need to do a hundred miles a week to run an event like that. I, I ran sure. I didn't finish. I, I was probably capable of finishing, but I went too fast, but I, I was running between 20 and 40 miles a week before the hundred miler last weekend. Um, and I think that was enough. I just think I played my cards wrong. So yeah, I mean, sure. At that level, I'm not competing for the top spots. I'm not even going to be in the top 10, but I would have finished if I played my cards right. So don't get, don't get discouraged. Um, don't be resentful. I think just take a step back and realize, you know, try to realize what you're capable of and then focus on um, finding time and working with your partner to, to make time. Man, went off on a tangent on that. Hope it was helpful. Uh, okay. We got Trail Actor from Bulgaria. Cool. Thanks for joining. Puerto Rico. Cool. Congrats on the new baby. Thank you very much. You know what the weird thing was at that uh, ultra last weekend was uh, so many people like I'm in my own little bubble here. I film on YouTube. I go home. I work from home. So I don't really get out that much. And so many people recognized me at that race. It was kind of <laughs> it was like kind of a shock to me that like, you know, I guess I didn't piece together, you know, the amount of uh, I mean, I, I don't have a huge channel and I don't have like the most views in the world, but a lot of people, I, like every three out of five people at that race were like, Hey, where, aren't you got that, that guy on YouTube? Um, and a, a bunch of people were like, Hey, congrats on the new baby. And I stopped and I was like, wait, who are you? <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> it was uh, it was really an eye opening experience, but yeah, uh, thank you very much for, congr for congr congratulating us. Uh, she's healthy and doing great. Uh, Justin Jones, homesick from work, negative on my COVID test. Well, that's good. Glad to hear that. Uh, glad I can be here. Glad you made it. So, all you had to do is call in sick to make it to the live stream. 
DDFF, your recommendations for 360 camera to document my backpacking trips. I'm not super camera experienced, but pretty tech savvy. Um, so my favorite by a long shot is the Insta360 One X2. Uh, it's a little bit expensive. I think it's like 400 bucks for the base kit that comes with the selfie stick, but it is by far the easiest one to use. You film with it, you sync it with your phone, you edit on your phone. You can actually upload directly to Instagram with your phone. There's really uh, not a lot going on. Like it's very easy to understand. It's actually a little easier than using like a GoPro. Uh, got over here. But it does take that extra step of like converting 360 footage to usable to, um, you know, regular 16 by 9 footage. Uh, that's my favorite. If you're on a budget, I would check out the older Insta360 uh, One X, not the X2, because that one's really good still. They didn't really change much. The major advantage to the new one is that they actually made it waterproof, which is a big deal for me because I can just throw it in my backpack or whatever, uh, even if it's raining out. Um, but that one's still a great camera. Uh, the GoPro, um, the Hero One, the Hero Max, I've heard good things about. I haven't used it, but I, I think the One X2 is the one to get. Um, hope that helps. Uh, Seth says, don't wake the baby, Dave. Don't worry, I am not anywhere near the baby. <laughs> Wish I didn't have to miss my run today. Ugh. Oh, yeah, that's a bummer. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, you got to do it, though, if you want to rest up and heal. That's the way to, I mean, I've, I haven't ran, I ran yesterday for two miles, um, just from being wrecked from the ultra last weekend. Trail actor says, wish you many happy moments with your new family member. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Greetings from Guatemala. Great channel. Congrats. Heading out for a run. I'll watch the replay. Awesome. Yeah. Good use of your time. Don't stay here and, and look at this. Go, go get your run in. John from Long Island, thanks for joining us. Jacko from the Netherlands, thanks for joining us. Ultra running team. Hello, my friend from Greece. The cross piece, I'm going to guess piece two, was uh, good to use in the mountain running. Thank you because it has no maps. Uh, yeah, you know, that's really the only limitation to the chorus piece two is that it doesn't have a navigation feature. And a lot of people, I, the video I posted yesterday about Chorus's um, firm, firmware updates, everyone was talking about, where's the update for the Pace 2? Unfortunately, the Pace 2 is not capable of navigation, and that's at a hardware level. It's not something they're holding back in software. There's not enough storage on the device for them to implement uh, mapping or navigation. That said, I've got one right here. This is still like such an amazing watch for 200 bucks. Um, really hard to beat for the money. You know, I, I've got a bunch of videos comparing it to like the Garmin 455. Um, I've got one coming up about the 245. And even at like the, the, the Garmin 245 level, that's significantly more money than this. Um, this still holds its own quite well. And it's really cool to see. Um, this is where I feel like this is Chorus's bread and butter, you know, making affordable devices, uh, not to say that the Vertex 2 isn't cool. This thing is such a such a tank of a watch, and it's got so many cool features. But I feel like these affordable watches just really put them on the map. And probably, I'm I'm gonna guess. I don't really know. I would guess these are their top selling top selling devices. Who knows? Uh, okay. Hello from Wake Lake Winnipesaukee area. Hey, cool. Not too far from me. Hey, look, we got our first thumbs down on this video. I would love to know who actually gave me a thumbs down. 
<laughs> like, what have I said so far in the stream that really just rubbed you the wrong way that you had to hit that thumbs down button? Feel free to chime in on the chat. No judgment. You can keep the thumbs down. Uh, I just would be curious to know. <laughs> uh, thanks, Bob, for, for chiming in. Your name actually looks familiar. Are you, are you a hiker, like a New Hampshire 4,000-footer hiker? I don't know. See Chad run. Uh, woo, I'm here from Colorado. You're the man. Uh, keep up great work from on the channel and take care of the growing family. Thanks, Chad. Appreciate that. Go check out Chad's channel if you've got some time on your hands. Also, check out Ryan Clayton. Uh, he was in the chat earlier. A couple of great YouTubers right there. Michael Highland. Hey, from Chicago. Question. Are you excited for the Whoop 4.0? And will you be doing a video on it? Yes, I will. I actually got the Whoop. Uh, where is it? No, who cares? Oh, there it is. I got the Whoop 3.0 here. Um, and I do actually really like this thing. But if you watch my video on it, you would know that I didn't find it terribly accurate. And a lot of people uh, gave me a lot of flack for stating that, which I found odd because objectively, this thing has really questionable uh, accuracy when it comes to heart rate data. And like their entire ecosystem and app relies on accurate heart rate data. So if like you're putting garbage in, how are you going to get good stuff out? <laughs> I don't know. Um, that said, like the data coming out of the app when I tested this, this thing um, was actually pretty useful. And it, maybe they don't use heart rate for everything. Maybe they use a lot of the other data, like the accelerometer and temperature and stuff. I don't know. It was interesting to test out. But yeah, I, I am genuinely excited to try out the Whoop 4.0. I reached out to them. I think they kind of blacklisted me because I kind of gave this a negative review. Um, their rep was really nice to me up until I posted the video and then they were not as nice to me. So I'm waiting uh, for the 4.0 upgrade. I had to do it like everybody else. I submitted the claim through the Whoop website. And uh, yeah, it says like six to eight weeks delivery. So whenever I get that, I'll be doing an update video on it. Hopefully it's better. I'm hopeful that they improve the accuracy because that was my only beef with this. That and the monthly subscription was hard to swallow, like 30 bucks a month. That's like um, Hulu, Netflix, and uh, whatever, Disney combined, you know, <laughs> that's a lot. I feel like $10 a month feels a little bit more like reasonable considering it's something you pay for forever, you know. Uh, Seb Seb, hey from France. Thanks for joining we got Michael Gillingham, turmeric for recovery. It's funny you mention that. I have actually tried that uh, pretty extensively for a while. Not this recovery around, um, but previously I had, I forget what injury it was. I think it was a knee injury. I had a, a knee dislocation when I was out running and it gave me a ton of inflammation and that inflammation was so hard to get down. So I tried everything. Uh, I Googled anti-inflammatory uh, holistic medicine. I, I tried the uh, topical gels, turmeric, uh, black pepper was one of the things. I think you take that with turmeric. Truth be told, I didn't see a huge advantage to, to increasing that intake, but maybe your mileage will vary. I, I tried like straight up turmeric um, powder and then I tried the pills. Uh, I didn't get crazy good results. So maybe you will. I didn't see a lot from it. Uh, the most, the, the best anti-inflammatory stuff I've tried is like um, the TENS unit, you know, e-stim, where you put the electrodes on your joint and you stimulate it. I've had pretty good luck with that. 
cold compress, um, you know, kind of just standard stuff that you see. Um, yeah, but I would give it a shot because it, it is really cheap. So if it does work for you, you know, maybe it's worth pursuing. Uh, Esmeralda from Chicago. Thanks for joining from Italy. Uh, Eduardo, thanks for joining South Africa. We have people all over the world on the stream. So cool. Uh, Esmeralda says, hope you recover soon and get back to normal. Me too. Cause I am going stir crazy. Uh, I feel bad because I keep complaining about like my legs and my calves hurting. My wife just gave birth a couple weeks ago and I'm over here like, Oh, my legs hurt. It's nothing compared to what she did. So I try to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> uh, the HRM on my venue too does not seem to be accurate enough. Even though it's the latest generation, anyone else deal with this? I sprint uh, 170 beat per, beats per minute or higher, uh, but, the, but it thinks it's lower. Hmm, that's interesting. I had really good luck. I'm not even going to... I've got them all over here, but there's no point in picking them up. I had really good luck with the Venue 2, and I still use it on and off today. That new Elevate 4.0 heart rate sensor proved to be pretty accurate, even compared to the Apple Watch, which typically has a really good optical sensor on the back. Thing is, it's still an optical sensor, and none of those are perfect. So um, if you're not having good results, maybe try tightening the band, maybe try swapping wrists, maybe try flipping the watch actually to the, to the inside of your wrist experiment a little bit and see if you can find a better placement for it. Make sure, make sure the watch is worn two finger lengths, uh, above your wrist bone. So make sure you kind of slide it back as much as you can. Um, and then tighten it down as much as you can. You don't want to be able to fit a finger under it. Like right now, mine's too loose. So if you can do this, it's too loose. It might feel a little uncomfortable at first, but that is the best way to get the best accuracy from your optical heart rate sensor. And that goes with any watch. That said, if you can't get better data from it, just buy a, t a chest sensor. Get a Polar H9, um, one of the Power Lab sensors that I reviewed on the channel. Those are like 60 bucks and super accurate. So if, you're, if you find yourself fussing with it a lot and it's driving you nuts, maybe check out an external sensor. Seb Seb, I'm super interested by the ability of the Grit X to track poor sleep nights. The Garmin 745 is not quite as good. Yeah, uh, I would agree, generally speaking. The newer Garmin's got better, like the Phoenix 6's updated uh, sleep widget, the 400 945, the 4945 LTE, the Venue 2. Those all got a lot better in terms of sleep tracking, but I still find that Polar does a bang-up job. They do a really good job. And... Like I said before, we've got a new baby in the house and what better way to stress test sleep tracking than to put a baby next to you while you're trying to sleep. Um, and yeah, the Polar has been doing a pretty good job in terms of picking up like when I wake up, when the baby's crying or whatever. Um, it's been doing a pretty good job with that. Maybe I'll post a video. That might be kind of funny to, to post like sleep tracking stress tests with the baby and like night by night what it looks like. Um, I'll add that to the list. Cadenzo, uh, I hope Garmin releases more smaller watches. The newer ones feel like they'd be way too big for my arm. Uh, they still have a few small ones. Like if you look here, even this Phoenix 6S, if you compare that to the Pace 2, um, they're almost the same size. Of course, it's a bit heavier because it's made out of metal and not plastic. But the 6S is pretty small. Uh, what other ones do I have? 
The Venue 2S is also pretty small. I don't have one of those. Um, the 455, where's that? Yeah, that's it, right? Yep. Uh, the 455 that I have here, that's pretty small too. If you compare that to this Grid X Pro, that's kind of a chunky watch on the left there. Um, yeah, so the 455, the 6S, the Venue 2S, those are all pretty small watches. I don't know if you'd be able to get much smaller than that. Um, maybe the Venue SQ gets pretty small, but at that point you start to give up some features. And, and as you shrink the watch, you also shrink the battery life. Keep that in mind. Um, but yeah, it'd be cool to see them, you know, kind of expand on that in the future, maybe like a really small 945 uh, with the mapping and everything, but but in a smaller package, that'd be cool. Brian Barton, I invested in the Vertex 2, but it's looking as though I'm going to have to self-isolate for 10 days. Playing with it on the sofa isn't as fun. <laughs> yeah, it's not as fun. Definitely not. But one thing you can do on the couch is do your um, your HRV test. And that'll tell you if you're uh, getting sick or not, right? So that might be might be something you can do on the couch. Definitely uh, try to pick up a treadmill or something. <laughs> Good luck. I hope your isolation goes well. I've got so many dollars burning a hole in my pocket. Wow, that's a good problem to have. And I'm so tempted to buy the Copper Grit X Pro because it's beautiful. But I would love a Phoenix 7 or an Icebreaker Vertex 2, I think. Ooh, yeah. The... Uh, I will say, I'm actually working on a video comparing the Grid X Pro to some other watches. I do really like the look of this watch. This is the Grid X Pro Titan, the titanium version. Um, I like how light it is. I also just like the bezel design and stuff. The only thing I don't like about it is the size of the display. It leaves those big chunky um, bezels around the perimeter, which just, you know, I feel like by today's standard, we got like Phoenix watches having thinner bezels and uh you know the apple watch 7 has like no bezels i feel like in 2021 we shouldn't have these really thick bezels even the vertex 2 has like relatively thin bezels for the giant size of the watch um between those three though like we don't know anything about the phoenix 7 yet we can speculate i guess i would bet that they'll thin out the bezels a little bit and i would bet that they'll incorporate some of the new features we saw in the Vertex 2, like that new dual, dual frequency GPS, but who knows what else? I don't know. If, if you could wait, uh, I feel like a lot's going to happen in the next couple of months because of the holidays coming. And I would say if we don't see anything by like mid-November, nothing's coming, probably. Maybe late November. Like if they waited till the last minute um, and they launched something like the last week of November, they could probably have time to like ship out enough for the holidays. But yeah, at this point, it's starting to feel like they might be holding back. It might be a supply chain thing. Who knows? But it's starting to feel like um, something might not be coming. Uh, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. So if you had to choose between the Vertex 2 and the Grid X Pro, uh, Grid X Pro is way cheaper. Vertex 2 has more features, onboard music, uh, mapping, true mapping, and better navigation features. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of up to you. They're both pretty good. Up until last week, I was still running with the Phoenix 3HR, and I upgraded to the Phoenix 6 mainly because the battery life on my 3HR was bad. I'm very, very happy with the upgrade. Yeah, you should be. That's a huge leap from the 3HR to the 6. Um, it's funny. I had the 3HR. That was probably my third or fourth GPS watch. Back then, even then, back then, I 
still had a problem with these. I was buying them all the time. And I loved that thing because it came default with sapphire glass and it had reasonably good um, battery life and it had an optical heart rate sensor. And that was the first Phoenix to have the sensor on the back. So that's pretty cool. But the six is a whole different league. <laughs> Miguel from Utah. Cool surprise to find you live streaming on a Friday morning. Yeah, thanks for joining. I'm glad, uh, glad it worked out for your schedule because I was, I was worried that we wouldn't have a lot of people here. But we've actually got like 80 people watching right now. So that's pretty awesome. Thanks for joining everybody. And if you're, if you're new, if you're watching right now, make sure you drop where you're from in the chat. Any questions you might have could be about the ultra marathon, could be about GPS watches, could be about shoes, could be about cameras, could be about TV shows, whatever you might be worried about or considering. Uh, let me know. And we'll talk. Esmeralda, I was wondering if there's any recommendations on literature for newcomers to running. It's always great watching your videos and recommendations on gear. Uh, I would be the wrong person to come to you on that, but um, literature, there's a lot of books out there. Um, if you're interested in ultra marathons, like I am, the the one to get is Ultra Marathon Man. That's from Dean, Dean Carnezes. Uh, that book is like what kind of invigorated the whole ultra community, I feel like. Uh, I personally haven't read it because I'm not like a huge reader, but... Um, also the book North by Scott Jurek is really cool. That's more of like an adventure because he's going after an FKT on the Appalachian trail. Um, I did read that book and it was fantastic. Not a question, but I was just wondering with all the cool updates from all the different watches, I can only imagine what Garmin has for their next release to catch up. Yeah. I wish I knew because I get questions every day. People Instagram message or email or comment. What, when's Phoenix 7 coming? When's this? I, I don't know. I wish I did. Um, but yeah, hopefully it's really exciting because they've definitely taken their time with it. <laughs> oh, here's a good recommendation for you, Esmeralda. Um, Born to Run. That is an awesome book I've heard. Again, I didn't read it, but yeah. Uh, Cadenzo, do you have any international races on your running bucket list or any country you'd like to run in? Yes, I don't. I don't have a bucket list, but obviously... I would love to run UTMB. The realistic, the reality of that is like, I'll never do it, but um, that is a dream and it seems so beautiful there. I would at least love to like run the parts of the course. Uh, other areas I'd like to run in, I don't know. There's a lot of like in the Alps. Um, yeah, there's just so much of the world I haven't seen and it would be cool to travel more, but you know, with a big family, and with uh, the state of the world right now, I don't know how realistic that is. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot. I think mainly, you know, in any mountainous region, I would love to explore. Other than the obvious, what is very important to bring on race on a race trip? Ooh. Other than the obvious. Uh, for me, I don't know how obvious this is, but for for me, uh, body glide, <laughs> that's like a lubricant for things that chafe. That could be your vest or your shirt, could be your pants, shoes, feet. Comes in like a deodorant stick. A um, couple of videos ago, I, I showed how I was packing my bags for the 100 miler. And I ha actually bring two. I have one in my vest and I also bring one um, in my drop bag. And body glide is an essential tool for me because even later in the race, if I start to feel... Uh, kind of a, a hot spot or a chafing spot, I can rub it on real quick and, and address it. 
Uh, next up would be an extra pair of socks for ultras. Um, and also, maybe not totally obvious, duct tape. Duct tape is so useful. Uh, a lot of people either use duct tape or something called Luco tape. Luco tape is like medical tape or um, it's like the medical equivalent to duct tape that basically you can you can put on a wound. You can you can fix gear with it. Like if your vest rips, you could fix your vest with it. You can um, wrap it around your toe. Something's going on. So there's a lot of uses for it in kind of a pinch that could get you through uh, to the end of the race. And I find that stuff really useful. There's more, but you know, oh, a backup head, headlamp or even a backup to your backup. I carry a, a tiny like AAA super light handheld flashlight. I put that in my emergency kit because if your backup to your backup dies and you're in the dark, you're kind of hosed. So carrying like an extra 30 grams on you, is totally worth it. There's probably more, but you know, I could go on and on. Uh, hello from Belgium. Uh, from a new proud dad of four weeks, future runner, your videos are watched overseas. That's awesome. Congratulations on your new edition. Uh, Polar or Garmin for the 100 to 400 meter. Congrats on the baby. I think for that, you're kind of safe either way. The one thing that Garmin will give you is a proper track mode. I don't think, has Polar done a track mode yet? I don't think they have. I'm, I'll check right now. So track mode essentially allows you to get a super accurate. I know they have indoor running. Uh, yeah, I don't think they have a track mode. Uh, track mode essentially gives you a super accurate GPS track on a running, like a, a track and field track, and you can do it indoors. So if you're going for time, you're, you're hitting your lap key, um, that can be a really useful feature. And they give you that on even the cheapest uh, Garmin, this uh, 455 has the track mode built in. So does this Coros Pace 2 actually, and these are both 200 bucks. So I would say between Polar and Garmin for like track running, um, probably Garmin just for that very reason. Chris King, new to Garmin, uh, new Garmin Foreigner 945 LTE user, two weeks in. Awesome, congrats. I'd be curious how often you've uh, found use in the LTE aspect of it. Did you even sign up for it or did you just kind of um, use the watch as is. Hi from OK or Oklahoma, I'm guessing. Uh, I'm wanting to start filming some of my runs uh, and document, document the journey to marathon. Any advice? Uh, yeah, I guess what I've learned along the way is don't be embarrassed. Uh, if you're trying, if you're running in a group, it's weird to pull out your camera and like selfie or aim it at people or whatever. And I found for a while I was limiting how much footage I was getting because of how nervous I felt. I was it was so, so awkward to pull out a camera. Um, but I found even in that last race I did, people are kind of into it. You know, you could be like, hey, you know, say hi to the camera. People would wave and say their name and stuff. So just kind of lean into it. Embrace it. Um, don't feel shy or vain about it. If you want to document it and share your journey, it's totally it's exciting. And you should be, um, you know, willing to put your face on camera. Uh, that can be, that's really the biggest piece of advice. And, um, secondly to that hit record as much as possible, because like I find I'll go out and film a race or a hike or something. And when I get home and I'm like, oh man, I didn't film that part where my shoe was rubbing me the wrong way or like some, you know, conflict that could have happened that I should have captured. That would have been more interesting for the video. Um, so just like really 
just bring extra memory cards and record as much as possible. Hope that helps. Uh, Amir, am I, how far behind am I? Uh, talk, talking about parenting, doing what you enjoy, nailed it. I go through the same frustrations, but remember family comes first. Yeah, you're totally right. Uh, anamorphic, uh, anamor anamorphosi, anamorphosi, sure. <laughs> uh, no questions here, just congrats on the baby. Many thanks to the videos. Thank you, appreciate that. Uh, hello from Slovakia. Tomorrow I have a little trail race, 11K, and if I will be satisfied with the results, I'm planning on buying a Pace 2. Awesome. That's going to be like your congratulatory uh, award is a Pace 2. That's a good, that's a good one. Got to treat yourself. Brian Emerson. After 28 hours, I still had 10% left on my Chorus Apex. Mind-boggling compared to the watch in years past. Yeah, man. Uh, Brian actually ran the race, I think, Got to be the same Brian, same name. He ran the Mid-State Massive with me. Uh, I did not bump into him, but I know he was there. So congrats on your finish. <laughs> to be honest, your little baby has now got, well, several thousands of uncles and aunties. Wow, that's a weird, that's a weird thing to wrap my head around. <laughs> Hello from South Africa, trying to get back into running after... After we also had a new baby, doing our first 5K again tomorrow. You got this. Yeah, you do got this, man. Uh, thanks for sharing. It's tough, like, bouncing back after the baby stuff, uh, especially if, like, for me, I tend to fall off the wagon a little bit when, you know, later in the pregnancy where my wife's super, super uncomfortable and maybe we aren't dieting right. It's easy to fall into, like, bad habits. So uh, getting back into it is, is tough, but uh, good luck. Do you expect a new Garmin 245 soon? I would guess a lot of people ask about this too. I feel like I'm shrinking off camera. Watch this. That's awkward. <laughs> there we go. That's better. Um, the 245 has been around for a while. It's just, it's kind of like the Phoenix 6. They, they launched very close to each other. Um, I've got one around here somewhere. But yeah, if I had a guess, I would, that's kind of up. It's ripe for an upgrade. Um, and to be honest, I was kind of expecting it before the holidays. Again, I keep saying this, but who knows? <laughs> I, I would be, I would be excited to see it, but I don't know. Noah B. Hey Dave, really appreciate your most recent videos. Great stuff. Dad, dad fleets unite. Dad fleets unite. That's a great, that's a great, uh, little, uh, symbolism there. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I'm glad you like them. I really need to be, I need to make more of those videos of like just running, vlogging, you know, about life, racing. I feel like they're a little bit more relatable and honestly, they're a lot of fun for me to make. So I'll try to, I'll try to make more. I'm going to have more coming, uh, about like recovering <laughs> and training with a baby. Cause I actually do have another race on the calendar two months away right now that I really want to do well at. So I'm trying to, be strategic on how well I can train in just like seven weeks remaining before that race. We'll see. And now a video is all about that. Carlo, Carlo uh, Gaten, is the heart rate data reliable from the course pace two, or is it really as bad as DC Rainmaker says? Uh, I don't think I've seen that one from Ray. For me, it's like, it's weird because some days you'll probably see it in my videos. Some days I get really good accuracy from this optical heart rate sensor. And then other days, 
it's not as good. I do find that if you buy the Pace 2 with the nylon band that I have here, it, it has a much better chance of getting good heart rate data because you can really customize the fit. So you can get this like just as tight as you need it to be and then sock it down with the Velcro. And uh, yeah, this, this band really helps out with that. So hit or miss for me, it's definitely not the worst by any means. Um, you know, it's on par with most of the Garmin's. And none of them are perfect, unfortunately. So I would say it's not as bad. It's not the worst. It's not perfect. Um, I don't know what Ray said about it. I probably watched his video, but it's been a while. So remind me what he said in the chat. Uh, Matt Legrand says the whoop cult is strong. People love the simplicity of the device. One simple number to rule them all. Yeah, I found that out the hard way. When I posted that whoop 3.0 video and I kind of gave it a negative review or, you know, I just spoke the truth. The data is not good. Like no matter how you slice it, I couldn't get good hurry data out of it. And everyone was like, well, how do you know your other sensors are, are accurate? I'm like, well, if I've got four sensors and all of them line up except for the whoop band, I'm going to go out on a limb and think that the whoop band is not accurate, <laughs> especially considering I'm wearing a chest ECG sensor. I've got an arm ECG sensor. Like those are pretty good. So what doesn't line up doesn't line up. Um, I do like the theory behind it. I like the software part of it. I just think they need to improve the hardware quite a bit. Uh, side note, the most, uh, most recent, uh, oh yeah, the, the hundred miler video. Sorry, Noah. Sorry, Noah. <laughs> Trying to catch up on this. Uh, Colin McRae says, probably an accidental thumbs down, I guess. Probably, but if it wasn't, I want to hear from you, thumbs down guy or girl, whoever you are. Maybe you just don't like my face. That must be it. Does the Venue 2 give off uh, VO2 max and all those advanced data? It gives you a VO2 max. It's kind of buried. It's actually in the like profile, health profile, whatever. It gives you your... Um, your body age or fitness age. So that's how old you are metabol metabolically and not actually years old. And then it gives you VO2 max, but it doesn't do anything else. It doesn't do like training load or training focus or recovery advisor. Like that stuff is all in the foreigner line. The um, basic stuff is on the venue too. Question, what is the best HRM chest strap to get currently my venue for my venue two, uh, the latest HRM is not as accurate as times. Like I said, uh, I like the Polar H9. I don't think I have it with me. I also really like the Power Labs chest band. I've got a review on that on my channel somewhere. Both of those are $60. They're very inexpensive. They're pretty accurate. Um, and I've been using the Polar H9 for over a year now with no issues. I swap out the battery like every four months and I'm good to go. Aside from that, if you've got a bigger budget, the Garmin HRM Pro is really good. That's going to give you a little bit more data. Maybe not on the Venue 2, but on the Foreigner line, you get like ground contact time and, and running power and things like that. Um, that one's like 130 bucks, so it's a bit more. And the weird thing about that is like the brains is actually built into the belt. So if the belt rips or degrades over time, you actually have to throw the whole thing away, which is kind of a headache. Um, but it is a good band. So I like the H9, I like the Power Lab, Labs chest band, and I do like the Garmin HRM Pro. Uh, here's a cliffhanger. <laughs> oh yeah, question, have you tried? I think he'll chime in. 
Uh, oh, there it is. Have you tried the nylon strap for the Garmin watches, such as the Phoenix 6? Would you recommend this to save some pounds and grams? Uh, I have the nylon ultra, ultra fit band for the um, Garmin Enduro. I have it right here, actually. And yes, I have mixed feelings about this strap because I, as a strap, I really like it. It is a very good strap. I like that it doesn't like um, retain water. It doesn't get gross. Uh, it weighs nothing. It makes this watch very light. What I don't like about it is the price. I feel like they're really price gouging on this because if you look at it, there's actually no plastic hardware on it. It's literally like if you pull it out of the watch, all it is is a band. There's nothing else to it. So the fact that they try to get like, I forget how much it is, like 40 or 50 bucks. Is that how much it is? It's like, wow. <laughs> and I, I don't even think like third party people on Amazon are making these. Maybe they are. Um, but yeah, it seems like something a third party needs to take over and make like 10 bucks or, you know, 14 bucks or something. Cause, uh, 40 or 50 bucks for a little strip of nylon seems a little excessive, but it is a really good band. So if you don't mind the price, I like the band. Matt Legrand, you might have mentioned this already. Uh, what's up for your next race? Uh, I've only got one on the calendar, and then I've got some personal projects. So the one on the calendar is a local 50K that is at my um, local trails at the Middlesex Fells. Uh, it's called the Tark uh, Winter Classic. Tark, T-A-R-K, is the local running group around here. That stands for um, the uh, Trail Animals Running Club. And they put on a bunch of local uh, events and they're super cheap and they're a ton of fun. It's like 30 bucks to get in. There's two aid stations. Um, it's a looped course on a trail I know really well. So I'm really excited about that because I run it every year. I would like to PR it, but you know, judging by my performance last weekend, I don't know about that. I actually, my fastest run there was a couple of years ago and it was like five hour, five and a half hours at the 50K. Um, and that was a, giving it my all. So we'll, we'll see what happens this year. That'll just be a fun event, though. I'm not too worried about um, DNFing there. Like 50K should be totally attainable for me. Um, and then after that, winter is going to roll in. And I've got some personal adventures lined up. I want to do some stuff in the mountains. And uh, I will certainly have my camera for that. Uh, Colin McRae. Uh, Venue 2 does indeed track. Not sure what this means. I think the Venue 2 does indeed track. Yeah, maybe the Venue 2 could be an autocorrect. Uh, Matias War... Wow, look at that name. Let me try it. Matias Wardzinski. Did I get that? I will, I will again take the opportunity and ask you a very, very kindly for the Grid X Pro vs. Suunto 9 Peak. Well, get this. You're going to appreciate this. I've been wearing both of them all week. And that video is eminent. I'm probably going to fill it or film it this weekend. Maybe, maybe Sunday or Monday I'll film it and I'll be editing it probably for mid to late next week. So stay tuned for that. Make sure you're subscribed. What watch are you wearing right now? At this very moment, I'm wearing the Polar Grit X Pro, but that is only because I'm working on a video comparing it to the Suunto 9 Peak, like I just talked about. Uh, lately, I've actually been wearing the Chorus Vertex 2 a lot. I wore this at the 100 miler. A lot of people noticed that in the video. Uh, a lot of people were like, hey, what happened to your Garmin? Are you Team Chorus now? 
not the case. I just try to stay uh, impartial, unbiased, try to stay between brands and look at them from an objective perspective. So lately I've just been trying to like switch them up all the time, which has been a headache for training because my body battery and garment isn't totally accurate because I'm not wearing it every day. And my sleep tracking is kind of scattered through all these devices, but I'm learning a lot about all of them. The uh, Chorus Vertex 2 did perform really well at that Ultra, though. So I can talk about that if you're interested. Thanks for your question. Amir Hassan, uh, hey, what do you think is the best marathon triathlon watch to track pace and other metrics? Um, best? Maybe the Garmin 745 if you're into triathlon. I like that watch. It's been really accurate, but it's suffered from kind of questionable battery life. But if you're only doing triathlons, it shouldn't bother you. Uh, I also do really like the Kuros Pace 2 for as a triathlon watch because it does have a proper tri mode. Like, I'm not a triathlete. I just know which ones have tri mode and can support it. Other than that, they could all kind of do it. Um, they'll all give you your pace. Others do it better than others. I know a lot of people have issues with some of the older garments uh, where the pace is really jumpy and it's hard to tell what your pace is while you're actually running because it's like bouncing all around. But lately, I feel like they've filtered it out a bit. So they've averaged it and it looks a little bit easier to, to digest. Uh, bought the Garmin 245 Music. Good purchase. Anything's to be careful about. The Yeah, I would say just the display. The Gorilla Glass is not super scratch resistant. So if you whack it off of something, it's going to scratch. So I would buy a screen protector. That's my two cents. Elisa, uh, hey, from OK, I, I'm wanting to start filming. Oh, wait, did I read question that? Yeah, I already got that. Cheers from Greece. Thanks for watching. I appreciate your sincerity. Uh, the ups and downs. I'm excited to try my first 50K in June. Using your gear tips, any thoughts on the taper down process? Yeah, so I'm not a I'm not a uh, professional coach or anything like that. So take this from you know just from my experience, the way I taper down. Do you guys hear that motorcycle out there? Wow, uh, the way I ta taper down is basically like three weeks out. I'll start to reduce my load. Um, so maybe that just means reducing intensity. So I won't go out on like really hard efforts. Um, I'll still keep the mileage up, but reduce, reduce the intensity. Two weeks out, I'll start to reduce uh, distance and time on feet. And then like a week out, I'm doing almost nothing. I'll do a couple of walks. Um, but yeah, I like to like give my body a good five days of like almost doing nothing to just kind of recover all those little niggles that you might have in your muscles, like slight sore spots. Give that a chance to rest up, you know, eat clean, uh, have a good diet get your protein in and get all the repairing you can done before your big event. That's what works for me. I'm getting, I'm not a, not a professional. I'm not a, uh, a coach or anything like that. So take, take it for what it's worth. Narish Kumar. Hey Dave, greetings from India. Recently subscribed to Jeff Pelletier's channel. He posts great trail running videos and tips. Uh, check out his channel. Uh, yeah, I love Jeff's channel. I've, I've watched his channel a lot actually. And, um, I was watching his vertex two video, I think yesterday he has a really, really good channel. Uh, Tyler Gee tips for running in the white mountains during the fall. Yeah. Bring, uh, again, from my experience, br pack your car 
as if you're going winter hiking, regardless of what the weather report says. <laughs> because you can end, I've, I've gotten to trailheads in the fall that at the base of the mountain, um, looks like a beautiful fall day, you know, 60 degrees, 50s. And then by the time you get to the top, it's sleet, it's below freezing, ice, uh, maybe potentially you need crampons or, or micro spikes. Yeah, it can be a trip. If you're not from the area or you're new to the area, um, the weather in the White Mountains is totally just crazy this time of year. You can either get a nice fall chill day or you can end up in a full-blown blizzard at the top of the mountain. So just prepare. I, I like to fill my car with bins of like everything I've, I think I will need and then drive up when I get close, kind of inspect the mountaintops, look around, um, maybe get a higher summits forecast the day before. And then in the trailhead parking lot, actually pack my bag for what I think I will need to uh, survive it. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's my, and, and make sure you get the, the latest up-to-date weather forecast before you leave your house. Uh, Martin Clark, disappointed with the Whoop 3.2. I have their new software version. If you haven't used it in a while, you might want to try leading up, getting the four. They granted a grace period in the app if you have the four on order. Uh, yeah, the funny thing is, even though I gave the Whoop 3.0 not the greatest review in the world, a lot of people used my referral link that I had in the description of that video. And now I've got Whoop service for like, the next two years or something like I keep getting referrals for a free month from the, the link. So I've got like an in, infinite amount of whoop service. Now uh, I just need the new hardware to be able to test it. So I'm looking forward to that, but it's good to know they're helping their current subscribers out. Martin Clark getting better sleep data with the whoop three now than from my 945 LTE. Um, yeah, that's interesting. So the whoop, the, the whoops sleep data was actually pretty good. My issue with it was like the strain data. If that's based off of your heart rate data, if that's based completely off the heart rate data, the strain data is going to be off. That was my only beef with it. Oh man, I just got a notification that uh, Kafuzi's live stream just started. If you if you haven't checked out Kafuzi's channel, go check him out. But maybe maybe after this stream. <laughs> Uh, Matthias Wardzinski about the old grid X non-pro barometer sensor issue. Rumor has it. They replace the sensor, uh, when a failure occurs. Interesting. One thing I've noticed is that on the bottom, actually I can show you. Let's, let's show it. Take the watch off overhead camera. So on the left here I have, let's get a zoom a little bit for this one. There we go. On the left here, I've got the old Grit X, the original, and you can see the way the barometer was designed on this. There's a big hole and then there's a tiny little hole next to it, right? Now, if we look at the Grit X Pro, they got rid of that tiny hole and there's just one big, one big hole for the barometer. And I'm wondering if that's the change they made to improve the accuracy, because what I think is happening or what people have said is happening and I suspect it's probably true, is salt and gunk and things from your wrist are getting jammed in these little holes that are preventing the watch from detecting the change in air pressure, which ultimately would reflect in the barometer reading. That said, I haven't had that issue on my Grit X non-pro. Um, I know I've seen it a lot in the Facebook group. There's like a Grit X Facebook group. Of course, I'm part of it. And a lot of people do complain about it, so it is definitely an issue, but 
in my experience so far, I haven't seen it happen. So it's to be determined whether or not they fixed it. But I believe they did, because why else would they change the case design if it wasn't to address something like that? Amir Hassan, what's your opinion on the Samsung Watch 4 for tracking pace and accuracy? I have a whole video about the um, Galaxy Watch 4. Uh, it's pretty good. It's not my favorite, and it's hard to recommend at the price point. If you're looking, like, if you're if you're in the market, you're like, okay, I want a running... I What just happened? Uh-oh. <laughs> what just happened? Am I still... <laughs> Sorry, I just lost. Something just happened. My mic turned off. Something happened. Uh, I hope you're still there. Let me know if you guys can... Let me know if you guys can hear me right now. Uh, I'll keep talking because I think you can hear me and it still says I'm live. So hopefully, hopefully it's not... <laughs> Didn't get too messed up. Okay, uh, where I left off. Okay, the Galaxy Watch Four. Um, yeah, it's not a bad watch, but if you're like, if you if you went to this, if you're in the market for particularly a running watch, I would say there are better options on the market for that amount of money. That's just my opinion on it. But if you are a Galaxy user, um, you're somebody who has a Samsung Galaxy phone and you really wanted like an Apple Watch experience the Galaxy Watch 4 is going to be the best or the best alternative you can get. So hope that helps. I actually lost where I was in the chat because like my screen blacked out and my audio interface turned off. I don't know what happened, but I'm glad I glad I recovered as quickly as possible here. Sorry for the technical difficulties there, folks. Okay, uh, well, funny, as a new father, I'm tracking my sleep and can assure you my Garmin notices body battery stress is worse, uh, telling myself transferring energy to my son. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. You're definitely transferring energy. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, last night, if, for people who are, are not parents, here, here's how last night went. Our daughter is like three weeks old now. I'm sure some of you can relate. Um, we're, we're doing a mixture of bottle feeding and, you know, the other kind of feeding. And my wife fed her at mi midnight. Then she fed again at two o'clock in the morning. And then I fed her at three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. So if you do the math there, not a lot of sleep happened. And we're, we take shifts now, but like even still, just when the baby cries, we wake up, like both of us get up, even though one could go back to sleep, both of us end up waking up and that just screws up your whole night. Like you're, you come out of your deep sleep and then you got to get back there. So it's definitely a challenge and it's definitely harder than any ultra marathon to raise a baby. <laughs> Track, uh, trail actor, uh, how much heel to toe drop do you find work best for you in long distances? I currently swap between a few pairs when I go f four millimeter, uh, yeah, so I am a big ultra footwear user, so that's zero drop. That's not for everybody, but it really works for me. At my last race, I wore the Ultra Lone Peak 5.0s, and they were actually a brand new pair, fresh out of the box. I like those. Um, I might try the Ultra Olympus too in the future to get a little bit more squish or uh, cushion in there as I get a little bit older. Man. I don't want to get old, but as my feet get older, they get a little bit more beat up at these events. So I've considered that. However, I have been wearing uh, Topo Mountain Racer 2s 
And those are like a five millimeter drop. And I've been wearing um, the Solomon Ultra Glides. And those are a low drop. I forget how much. But yeah, for me, I don't really notice a huge difference between zero, four, or five. Like anything under five feels like low drop. And it all feels pretty good to me, even though I'm very used to zero. So I think your mileage may vary, but I like a low drop shoe. I like zero shoe. My computer went haywire again. <laughs> like the monitor turned off. Jeez. Uh, okay. Let's keep going. Let's keep going, baby. Keep this party going. Uh, okay. Where are we at here? I'm stationed in Ger Germany. Uh, gorgeous scenery and trails. Oh, that's cool. I would love to try out Germany. Oh, here's a great question that I was hoping someone would, would ask <laughs> when I mentioned this earlier. What do you think about Squid Game? Wow. Uh, so I think we're like, I think we've got one episode left. My wife and I have been like binge watching it since we've been on maternity and paternity leave from work. And uh, you know what? Let me unplug something real quick because I think that's what's messing with me. Yeah. Actually, I have my GoPro plugged in. I think that's what's been messing with my setup. Um, yeah. So Squid, Squid Game has been a weird, it's been a weird one to follow. Like the first episode, I was like, I don't know if this is for me. Like I, I thought it was kind of slow. And I watched it dubbed, so it had, like, the English speaking over the Korean, like, mouth over thing. And I tell you what, that is not the way to experience it. Uh, you got to put on subtitles and read and let the actor's voice, like, even though it's Korean and I can't understand it, they just seem like way better actors when they speak their native language rather than the overdubbed uh, English version. So if you're getting into it, I would suggest that. Uh, but it's quite a, man, it's gory. Make sure kids aren't around when that, that show comes on because it is, it's quite a thing. <laughs> uh, Jamper, uh, greetings from Finland. Thanks for watching. Noah B, to follow up on the 100 miler video, I know you said that it was the last video made. What was the story leading up to the next aid station? Uh, what was the story leading up to the next aid station? You mean from where I dropped? Yeah. Um, that was, a, it was like a roller coaster, man. I was... I went from mile 20 feeling pretty bad, mile 30 feeling pretty good. I started running again in that video. I like, I was moving. Nothing was like, it, things hurt, but like expectedly kind of hurt, like not on un, normal. And then mile 40 hit and I hit a wall. Like my stomach started cramping to the point where I thought I was gonna vomit. I kind of did a little bit like dry heaving kind of thing. And then my calves, man, they cramped. Like I could see little seizure, like um, spasms going on in my calves. And they just, uh, it did, they didn't want to work anymore. So at mile 44 was the aid station six where I ended up dropping. And I didn't have it in my head yet when I pulled into the aid station. I was kind of jogging up. It was, a, it was actually a really cool area. It's like this big dam across a river. And the aid station was actually on the on the dam. So you run over the dam to this aid station. And they were like really um, trying to pet me up. And they gave me ginger ale. They gave me some hot broth because it was late at night. It was like midnight. And um, tried to get me going again. But once I sat down, there was like a hill, like a grassy hill. I sat down on this hill and I like just sprawled out. And at that moment, everything hurt. My stomach was sideways. And they were telling me that the aid station, it was like 11.15 when I pulled in. And it was like 11.30 that their aid station would be closing. So 
if I was there when the H station closed, they would have cut me there um, and they wouldn't have let me move on. So they're really encouraging me. They're like, get out the door, like go to H- the next H station. You've got plenty of time because I did. The cutoff for the next one was like a couple hours away, but they gave me like 15 minutes. And then after that, after I was laying down, like, I don't know, I lost my mojo. Uh, a lot of negative thoughts. My stomach felt bad. My muscles hurt. And the thought of 65 more miles like that, uh, it wasn't in the cards. In one weird thing, and I feel like a lot of ultra runners with families might be able to relate to this, um, that when you get into this like late, it's dark, you're alone, and you have a family at home, and you know they're, they're at home, I actually get a little bit like emotional when I start thinking about my kids and like I have all these thoughts of like, what am I doing out here? Why am I wasting my time doing this when I could be with my family? I should be helping my wife. You have all these like, it's like a world whirlwind of thoughts. And at this particular race, I didn't have a crew. I didn't have a pacer. I didn't really have anything to look forward to. And I think if I had a pacer, it might've pulled me out of it. But yeah, it was, it was not something, it was something I could not recover from. So long story short, um, mile 44, eight station six, that's where it ended. Born to run is awful. Scott says, <laughs> thanks for sharing. I was, uh, I, I see a lot of people read that. I haven't read it myself, but mixed uh, reviews apparently upon hearing of the unchanged Apple watch series seven battery. Uh, I did defected to Garmin and bought the 945 LTE. Yeah, that is a weird thing about the Apple watch series seven. That was like the one feature I was hoping they'd make better. Like that's kind of all I cared about to be honest, because the series six is a great watch. Good accuracy, good GPS accuracy, lots of features. Um, but the 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 battery life is like 18 hours. And the funny thing is Apple's like, their big selling points, like all day battery life. They actually write that on the, the advertisement, all day battery life. All day battery life would mean 24 hours. A one day by definition is 24 hours. The Apple Watch can't even do that. So they can get 18 hours of activity. So I don't know. <laughs> I was hoping they'd change that. Luco tape is fantastic. Yes, it is, my man. What about sleeping during a 100 miler uh, or not, or a power nap, 20 minutes? Greetings from Holland. Yeah, I've never done it. I don't know of anybody who does do it for a 100 miler. I know once you go beyond 100 and you go into that 200, 250 mile range, that's when people start to power nap. They start to um, take naps on the trail and stuff. Um, For me, I've never slept. I just go right through and, you know, if you're running for 30 hours, I think that's doable. Though I would be interested to see what a power nap would do for performance. Okay, I got to skip ahead. I'm way behind, guys. Um, thanks for all your questions and comments, though. <clears throat> if you sell a watch, if you sell some of the watches you have, you might be able to afford uh, UTMB. That's that's very true. <laughs> Chorus and Garmin have uh, track mode for now. Can't wait to see that everywhere. Yeah. Track mode needs to be on Polar. Seems like they could just copy it from everybody else because uh, um, uh, Wahoo with the rival, they do that as well. They also have a track mode. Colin McRae, uh, what is UTMB? That is the Ultra Trail Mont Blanc. That is a probably the most famous ultra marathon internationally and most um, competitive where the top athletes all, all over the world complete, compete. Uh, and it's in the mountains, so it's super hard. That's my quick download. Uh, for a 400 meter runner, get the pace too. Yeah, that's probably a good way to go. 
What do you think about the stride pod? I love the stride pod. I haven't used it lately because I haven't really been focused on like speed work, but it's a great device. I've got, I've got a couple of videos about it. Actually, I have, I have to make a video about it for next week. Um, so you'll see more on the channel about it. Uh, it's a cool device. It is a little bit expensive, but they bring a lot of unique metrics to the table with that pow running power uh, metric. Uh, and the new training features are really cool too. Uh, the Grit X keeps reading heart rate spikes uh, in activities. Do you see that? Yeah. Uh, so I've got mixed results with this. Again, uh, with the original Grit X, if you watch my first review from June of 20, what was that? June of 2020, 2019, you'll see in that review, I actually say the words, this has the best heart rate sensor I've ever tried. And I feel bad saying that because at the time that was true, but Ever since then, there are like occasional spikes in the heart rate data. Not to say it's bad, but like you'll have this perfectly accurate trend line with like these gradual dips and drops, you know, that seem accurate. And then you'll get this like real big spike right in the middle for no apparent reason. And that tends to happen with the Grid X and kind of all of the Polar Watches. I don't know why. So that's one thing to watch out for. If that, does it affect your data? Not really. The only metric that really screws up is your max heart rate recorded. So on your your activity activity summary, you'll you'll see something that like max and min, and the max will say like 220. You didn't hit that. You probably hit like 170 on a hard workout, um, but it'll it'll spike occasionally, and you'll see some erroneous data. It, does that affect like training load and stuff? I don't think so. So should you worry about it? Maybe. Uh, it is definitely something to keep in mind. Uh, David Brown, training by pace, heart rate zones, or power, what are your thoughts? They all work to varying degrees. I think it depends how, you know, how, how much you want to get into the weeds about it. I really like training with power if you have a wrist-based power watch like a Polar or Chorus. Um, it's, a, it's an interesting metric to, to watch, but I know a lot of people still train by heart rate. And that's fine too. So whatever you're comfortable with, I think just find what, what works for you. I kind of go between both. I like to use heart rate occasionally. I like to use power occasionally. I, I don't often train by pace, but I probably should because I'm not a very fast runner. What are your thoughts on the TickWatch Pro 3 Ultra? Glad you asked. I have one coming uh, this weekend, hopefully. It should be delivered. Um, yeah, they sent one out to me. I just haven't received it yet. So you'll see a review about that. Probably it'd be a stretch to have it next week. Maybe maybe a couple of weeks from now. Uh, Zuka Zunik, hello. Thanks for joining. Katinzo, uh, UTMB. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> the Alps and the beautiful views and really tough course. Yep, for sure. Salted Wasabi, thanks for joining. Bob Howe, do you incorporate any strength training? If so, what areas do you train and how are your, what are your favorite exercises? I should do more. I'm, even though like, if you look at me, I kind of genetically got these like biceps somehow, they don't go away. But um, yeah, I don't do a ton of strength training, but I want to do more. The stuff I do do is mainly body weight exercises. Um, I don't like going to the gym, so I do a lot of stuff with like Bowflex dumbbells or um, we've got a pull-up bar um, and of course the treadmill, but I stick to basics, push-ups, pull-ups, dips, you know, things like that. Um, core workouts are good for running, 
again, my wife is probably watching this and being like, you don't do any of that, but it's something I need to get back into. I'll, I'll blame the baby again for that one. <laughs> uh, well, let's jump back to that real quick. One thing I can say is like trail, trail running in general is definitely more advantageous for your core and like whole body exercise rather than just being a dedicated, um, you know, running exercise. So if you're a trail runner, I feel like you get a lot more out of it than just straight up running. So maybe that's something to consider. Bryce Norton Henley, finally a live stream event. What did I miss? Kidding. I'll rewatch later. Thanks for joining Bryce and thanks for the support. Bryce is one of the Patreon members and he's also a channel member. He's been uh, helping out for like over eight months now. So I appreciate that. Andrew, cool, thank you. I think he's talking about UTMB. Let's see. Do you find that uh, small difference in accuracy from the wrist heart rate on the Phoenix 6 to the chest strap changes the metrics that Garmin uses for their uh, metrics like VO2 max? Um, in some instances, yes. I did notice for a while, like a year ago, I started exclusively wearing the Polar H9 with my Garmin Phoenix 6. And my VO2 max actually went up, which was interesting. So that ended, indicated to me that it picked up some change in my heart rate. It went up by like a point or two. And it definitely wasn't like fitness because it went up pretty abruptly. So I think it does play a role in it. How big of a role is probably dependent on you, your skin density, your body um, fat percentage, uh, you know, skin color, hair density, like all that stuff plays a role in how accurate your sensors are. Any idea if Play Better is going to get the Grit X Pro? Uh, the 60-day return policy is nice. Funny you ask, I actually texted my guy over at Play Better um, right before the stream because I was planning on doing some, some Grit X Pro videos. And if you don't know, I work with Play Better. They sponsor this channel. Um, so I was hoping to get you know some of their, uh, to see if they'd have it in stock. Um, but they didn't reply yet. So I would assume, yes, they have the original grid X. They have all the other polar devices. So I think they'll have them in stock. Uh, if you don't know, play better is like a, they help out my channel. They're a store based out of Maryland in Maryland and they have two day shipping and 60 day return policy. So it's a, it's a good deal. Uh, and of course, if you're interested in picking up something from play better, make sure you use the links in my, uh, descriptions cause they help out the channel. Have you ever used Kamut, or do you think the Sunto 9 Peak is as good as Garmin finally? Uh, what watch are you sporting today? I'll answer the last question first. Polar Grid X, is, uh, Grid X Pro is what I'm wearing today, but it's only because I'm um, working on a video for it. Uh, in terms of Kamut, I think it's pretty good. I, I don't like their cost model because you got to pay a lot of money to have like a bunch of different regions. You have to unlock regions for it. Uh, I prefer using something like um, Gaia GPS or even Strava has a pretty good route builder built in. And you can use Strava with Polar. Uh, you can also use Strava, export a GPX file and then import it into Sunto. So you can use that for basically every device. Um, also, the Sunto app has a really good course maker tool that could be worth using if you're into navigation. Hi, is it possible to wear the Garmin HRM without my phone near me? For example, when I play football. Yep, you got to get the Garmin HRM Pro if you want to do that. Then when it gets close to your phone, it'll sync the data back to Garmin Connect. 
Oh, hey, Matt Legren is here. I watch all his stuff too. Cool to see people I watch interact. Yeah, Matt's a good friend of the channel. He's actually been on the live stream before. Check out the past live streams. We talked for a couple hours. Uh, I think we drank a beer and uh, just chatted about YouTube stuff. <clears throat> Greetings from Germany. I'm looking for a watch with good, simple HRV measurement. Uh, yeah, so between the Venue 2 and the Vertex 2, the Vertex 2 will give you like a more raw HR or HRV measurement. And I like how it uses the bezel as a second point of contact for it. So between those two, yeah, I like the Vertex 2, if you find that um, kind of information useful. With, uh, okay, so I think you're answering the other person's question there. Wearing the whoop on the bicep increases the accuracy dramatically, at least for me. It was a bummer on my wrist. Yeah, so I've read, and I have tried it on the bicep, and yes, I did get better results, but um, I don't find it terribly comfortable up there on the bicep, so maybe I need to invest in a better, like, sleeve or something for that. That's one thing that's exciting about the, the Whoop Band 4.0 that they're rolling out is that the whole, the Whoop ecosystem gets, like, uh, apparel and accessories now where they sell shirts with, like, a whoop holder built into it and shorts and stuff. So you can actually get your measurement without having to wear something on your wrist. I like the idea behind that. I'm hoping that grows into something. Andrew, if you don't care to link HRM Pro activity, it will track your heart rate and steps, then you can download it later. Answering the question about the HRM Pro. Uh, Matt Legrand saying hi to his fan. <laughs> uh, greetings from Poland, I think, or is it Polnad? <laughs> Poland. There we go. Uh, hello from Minnesota. Everyday watch. Uh, Garmin, Koros, Polar, or Sunto. As an everyday smartwatch type thing, I, I prefer Garmin because they have the most like smartwatch features. Uh, not on your list there, but also the Apple Watch is really good and the Galaxy Watch 4 as like a daily driver. But as like a sports watch that you wear every day, I prefer Garmin. Can't believe I'm watching this live for the first time. Welcome. I hope it's everything you expected. <clears throat> By the way, congrats on 40,000 subscribers. You've helped a lot of people find good gear and motivated a lot of people to hit the trails. Thanks. Appreciate that, Matt. You're a good friend. Uh, best overall Garmin watch? Kind of depends what you're doing. Best as like a wellness device, I would say the Garmin Venue 2 best sports watch that Garmin makes, I would say it's a tie between the Forerunner 945 LTE and the Garmin Phoenix 6. I think that's, yeah, I'll stop there. <laughs> Hello from R Romania. Thanks for joining. Phoenix 7, what do you think? Man, I've got a lot of, thought of thoughts about it, and um, I get asked about it every day. I think the Phoenix 7 will have the dual GPS feature we saw on the Coros Vertex 2. I think they'll have an improved heart rate sensor. I think they'll have better battery life. And um, maybe they'll bring some weird, quirky new feature like an OLED display or something like that on a Phoenix would be kind of cool. Uh, please, what's the best watch for calories burned? Oh, man, I don't really know. I don't have like a... I don't have a scientific way to quantify which watch is more accurate when it comes to calories burned. I don't even know how many calories I'm burning, so I have to kind of trust that they're accurate. I will say I like how Polar 
displays calories burned because they actually put it, oh, I can show you, I'm wearing one, because they actually put it like right on, oh, that's my sleep from last night, um, because they actually put it right on the home screen and like make it really quick at a glance, you can look at it. Uh, there's the screen there. So if we dive in here, you can scroll down. See, like right there, it says 438 active calories. So that's nice to see at a glance. And it's really nice that they, they let you view it quickly in the app too. But they all show you that information. So I don't know what's what's best. Even Coros does a pretty good job with it. Uh, have you used the Polar Grid X Pro after the review? Yep, we're in it right now, and I've gone on several runs with it. Uh, I plan on posting probably two to three more videos about the Grid X Pro, comparing it to other devices. So if you're not uh, subscribed, make sure to subscribe now so you don't miss those. Do you have any experience with the Aura Ring? No, I don't. That's something actually I got interested in. Um, I might reach out to them to see if they'll let me borrow one, because it does seem kind of cool. Uh, we got Matt answering some questions for us. James Lynn. Hello. Hello. Thanks for joining. How, how long have we been on the air here? Wow. Hour and a half. Okay. We got to wrap it up soon, but I'll, I'll keep, I'll answer a few more questions. And, um, if I didn't get to you, I, I'm sorry, but I'll, I'll get through a few more. Uh, I'm interested in the course vertex too. Do you think it would be smart to get it now or wait to see what the Phoenix seven has? I don't know that like you can only answer that. If you like the Garmin ecosystem, I would, I would wait. Can you wait or do you need something now? Like if, if you are in a position where you have nothing and you're training for something and you get a lot of value from having something on your wrist right now, I would say just buy something now because you're going to get a good deal on it. Typically you can find sales on these older models. Um, although the Vertex, Vertex 2 will not be on sale. But yeah, I, I would say you can get if you need something now, get something now. If you can wait, if you can afford to wait, you get something that works for you for now, you can hold off. Maybe wait till like November because something might happen in the next month or so. <clears throat> Greetings from Las Vegas. What is your approach in taking electrolytes? Running in the desert makes me uh, feel like salt tabs are necessary. I've seen conflicting recommendations. Yeah, so again, not a coach. Take this for what it's worth. I really like using something called Tailwind, which is like a 300 calorie serving with a ton of sodium and magnesium and vitamin, vitamin B. Um, I like using that. I typically, if I'm in a race environment and it's like warmish weather, I will drink that exclusively. Like I will, I will take in no water and I'll drink all Tailwind until I feel, I start to feel like, whoa, that I, st I, I can feel like um, too, too much sodium in my system or maybe I'm peeing a lot or something, then I might just cut back to water and then kind of balance that out. I will say, if I start to feel muscle cramps, like I did last weekend, I will take salt tabs. Those can be a lifesaver. They can pull you out of a really bad situation. So I like to have those on me all the time. And uh, yeah, that's, that's my take on it. Uh, I also carry goose with me as a form of electrolytes. So um, there's a lot of ways to to, to attack it in the desert. I can, I mean, you, you could probably tell me more than I know about hydration because I don't run the desert, but that's what I've learned so far. Uh, okay. 
Also, I noticed your update video on the Course Vertex 2 and Apex. Uh, do you expect to make do you expect many more updates for the Coros in these devices? Uh, yeah, Coros is really good about their updates. Coros uh, likes to like as long as the hardware can support an update, they will just keep pushing updates out, which I really like. So that's one thing I really respect about Coros is they never like obsolete something entirely until the hardware cannot actually support the feature. So if it's like a space constraint, like in the storage of it, or like the CPU isn't powerful enough, like we saw in the Pace 2, the Pace 2 doesn't support navigation. So it didn't get an update yesterday, but everything else did, like even the Apex, which is over two years old. So I really like that about Garmin. Oh, and here's everybody talking about me losing my microphone for a minute. <laughs> Thanks for letting me know. Still there. Yep. All good. Let's scroll down. <laughs> Matt Legrand talking about kids at night. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it is not like going back into that mode. We have older kids and going back into baby mode is so hard. But, you know, she is cute. So she makes it worth it. Okay, I'm scrolling down now. I'm sorry for everybody I missed. Um, if you've got a really pressing question, uh, re repost it or you know make it make it very visible because I'm I'm scrolling by a lot of people here because there's so many and I I'm getting close to the end of the stream. Uh, oh, Michael Bartlett says representing your trucker hat here in Turkey, version one and two. Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear they both made it. I always feel like scared when I ship out stuff internationally. Just so you know, every hat and sticker purchased, I personally ship. This this stuff is like custom made for me. I buy it in bulk. I put it in the box. I put the fancy tape on it. So I appreciate everybody that purchased one. And uh, yeah, when I ship internationally, I'm like, please, please make it. Because it's crazy to think I can get a hat to Turkey. <clears throat> but thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, ever thought about doing a backyard ultra? You have a lot of kids, so you can make them take turns screwing you. It's <laughs> a great idea. Yeah, I mean that that format that format does seem kind of interesting. I my problem is I'm big on like adventure races, so I like to be. You know, we ran a race together a couple of years ago, the Kilkenny Ridge uh, race, which was way out there. Like we're in the backcountry for the whole time. Um, so I like adventure. I like the feeling of like being out there and being on the trail. And typically, those backyard ultras are like you know, four or five mile loops and you just keep going. Um, I think it could be a fun format. I just, you know, I, I prioritize these other more adventure oriented races, but it's not something, it's not something I've written off entirely. I might do one. Uh, would you recommend transitioning to a zero drop trail shoe? Maybe it kind of depends if you, if you're wearing a shoe like the Solomon, um, what's the one they have? It's like a high heel. Some of the Solomons have like a really high stack height. It's like 13 millimeters. Even like La Sportiva, they've got really high stack heights. So if you're if you're wearing a really thick stack height, maybe consider transitioning with a lower drop shoe. But if you're wearing like a Hoka or something like that's five millimeters or below, I wouldn't worry about it so much. It's not a huge change, you know. But maybe. Um, it might be worth like bringing ultras into your rotation or zero drop into your rotation. So if you've got a pair of shoes that are on their way out, buy a new pair of zero drop and then every other run, maybe try, try that, see if that works. Uh, what's your most trusted fitness tracker? 
I don't know. Uh, I feel like I, I go towards Garmin's. I really like the Garmin Phoenix 6 I have here. I really like the Garmin uh, Enduro. This thing's a tank. Uh, I also like the Garmin 400-945LTE that I've got somewhere around here. Um, they just feel really reliable. I've never had them crash or lose an activity on me, nothing like that. So I tend to trust them. Uh, Stefan from Italy, can you pair an in-ear headphones and manage music with the Chorus Apex? Uh, no, unfortunately not. The Chorus Apex does not support offline music. The only Chorus to support that is the Vertex 2. Do you use pr protective film? Uh, I'm going to guess on your watches. Yes, only if they're not sapphire. So like this is the Chorus Vertex 2. That's a sapphire lens. Uh, Phoenix 6, this is sapphire. Grid X Pro, Sapphire. Um, the Garmin Enduro here actually does have a screen protector, which you probably can't see, but it it's on there. It's just hard to notice. And that's because this is a uh, Gorilla Glass screen. So it is pretty easy to scratch. Oh, look at that. We just so, sold a hat. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Chris, for, for the purchase of your hat. I'll get that in the mail ASAP. But yes, I do wear... Um, protective screens on some of the watches, depending on what they are. What is your favorite distance to run in a ultra marathon event? I will say 50 K is like just fun. Like you can run, I think most people could run a 50 K. Um, it don't get me wrong. It's hard, but you can, if you pace yourself, you even a slow 50 K like, you can run one. So I think if you can run a marathon, you can definitely run a 50 K. If you can run a road half marathon, you could probably run a 50 K and they're like, typically they're, they're short enough to be like a morning thing. You get home for dinner and you know, it, it's, it's generally a pretty good distance to run. That said, I do like a challenge and there's something magical about hundred milers, like thinking that you can actually go that far on your feet. It's crazy. Um, the, the magical part about those races, like later on in those races, when you're like losing it, your mind's kind of delusional. You're talking with other runners. Like there's a certain bond you form with other people out there that it's hard to explain. Uh, another Phoenix seven question. I don't know when it's coming. Uh, do you think the Phoenix seven will be released this year? Maybe I'm hoping, um, it would be cool to see them do something before the holidays, which are right around the corner. Can running with more than one device with GNSS affect accuracy? Example, running with with a GNSS watch plus mobile with Strava app. So I've, I've heard varying thoughts about this, and it's something I do all the time. Obviously, when I test devices out, I wear one on each wrist and I go for a run. And in the comments, a lot of people are like, oh, it's going to throw off your accuracy. Um, you know, it, the thing is, like, how else would I test the accuracy? <laughs> What's a better way to do it? Uh, I do find that if, depending on the wrist you wear it on reflects on how many satellites it will pick up, and that can kind of cause some drift. I do think it can affect accuracy. How much? I don't really know. <clears throat> oh, look at that. We got a super chat. Thank you, Andrew. I really appreciate that. That's uh, it's very nice of you. I never get super chats. <laughs> So, uh, and I really appreciate that. Thank you. Keep it up. Congrats to you and the, the new little person in your life. I uh, can't wait to see your continued journey. What, I, that means a lot. Really. Thank you so much, Andrew. Carl Hungus. Hi, thanks for the reviews based on them. I've got the solar, solar instinct when, uh, 
when the Chorus Apex, I guess, failed, and I love them. Uh, they've got me through the mid-state 50. Kudos to Koros. Uh, they are made my stuff. See you at Tark. Awesome. See you there, Carl. Carl. Uh, Felipe, hi from Argentina. Your videos are great. Keep it up. Thank you. Uh, it would be nice to comment on your data screens. That's an interesting idea. Let's see. I'll show you what I have on the Koros Ape, uh, Vertex 2 here. Uh, and this is what I had set up for my last, for the race I ran last weekend. So we'll go into a trail running activity. And so you can see here up top, I've got distance. Then I've got pace, average pace, calories burned, and battery. Uh, fun fact about the, the battery life on the, on the Course Vertex 2. I still haven't charged this watch a week later after running 45 miles with it that weekend. It's still a 72%. <laughs> and down at the bottom here, I've got uh, total elapsed time. And then when I go to the next page, I've got a heart rate. I've got elevation gain, elevation, elevation loss. Uh, I've got the time of day on the next page. And then it goes over again. Um, and then also I put in the map view. Oops. I put in the map view there too. Um, I like to jump into the map view through the settings by holding this button and then going over to the map if I want to track where I am if I'm on a course. So that's a quick look at what I had to set up for uh, the 100 miler. Hope that helps. I guess I'll finish that. Hopefully this doesn't upload to Strava. Uh, it's let me delete it. That's one weird thing about Chorus is they let, if you record too long, like right now, if I let that go for a minute, it would automatically sync with Strava and people would be like giving me kudos on a zero mile activity. Alex Orden, would you recommend transitioning to zero drop training? Didn't answer that. I think it's through that. My chat might be a little messed up. <clears throat> Noah says, it seems like a pacer is key. Don't know if, You've ever watched Nick Bear's stuff? I do, yeah. Uh, to be fair, he has a lot of money to be with a full crew. It seems pacers really help push through. Yeah, uh, pacers are everything. And I was kind of dumb to go into this without a pacer. Truth be told, I tried to get a pacer. Um, everybody was unavailable. And then I just was like, I don't want the pressure of them waiting for me. I'm like, what if I bail? And they drove out there to meet me there. I don't know. I had a lot of apprehension. So I just went solo and then I messed up. Okay, a um, couple more, and then we're out of here. Thanks, Dave. Congrats on the new baby. Thank you. Uh, we got Ramen Bishnoi. I think I said it right. Bish, yeah, Bishnoi. Uh, hey, first of all, thanks for the great work you're doing. Also, the Enduro or Vertex 2, if we have to choose. I've got a whole video about that. I'm not going to waste our time in this video. Definitely go check that out if you're interested. Long story short, um, they're both great for different reasons. Uh, hi from the UK. What's your dream race? Uh, yeah, UTMB. I think UTMB. Or the Barkley. Barkley uh, the Barkley would be crazy to get into if I could do, do that someday. Uh, and Chris Benson. Garmin Instinct Solar or Garmin 400 745, which is better? If you're a hiker or an outdoorsy person, get the Instinct. If you're a runner or triathlete, get the 745. Okay, I'm losing my voice, I think. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this live stream. We've been on the air for way too long. My wife's going to kill me. I, I got to get home. Got to pick up my kids from, uh, from preschool and get my other kid off the bus. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this live stream. If you did, make sure you give me a thumbs up down below. Subscribe to the channel. I've got a whole bunch of videos coming. 
I cannot emphasize this enough. I've got the most ridiculous amount of smartwatches on around and I've got uh, comparison videos. I've got the Apple Watch 7 on order. That will be in my possession maybe tomorrow. Um, I've got a lot coming. I've also got a treadmill review. I've got an indoor bike review coming. I've got a lot coming. So if you're interested in staying up to date with all the latest and greatest sports, sports fitness tech, uh, and just like everyday life, I'll be adding some vlogs in there. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. Check out the merch store for the hat. Check out the Patreon group to see some behind the scenes footage of what goes on around here. Check out the Discord server if you want to join the chat and the Strava group. Join the Strava group to see what all of our community is doing. How many miles are people racking up? And for all of that stuff, you will find links in the description. Um, yeah, this was fun. Uh, I've been looking forward to doing a live stream for a while now, and I'm glad I finally got around to doing it. Thanks for joining, everybody. Let's see if this outro video plays. Uh, have a good one. Bye.